Today on our show, we're slobbing on Wayne's knob yet again yes. as we count down the top 10 90s songs that are pop. Yeah, <laughs> pop songs, 90s, it's ours. Hit it, Polly. Welcome to episode 402 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. And this is the show where we count down all manner of stuff, not just film and television. Every damn thing. Though you may be a bit confused given that we've played the same opener as we've done 400 times give or take beforehand. It doesn't, doesn't seem in film in the video. No, it doesn't. We're going to come up with a new opener in due course. Just haven't been able to get that organised to this point. Still so, deciding. Yeah, still working on that one, hopefully in the not too distant future. But today's topic is, as I implied, there right at the top. It's a bit of a Wayne-centric one. Happens to be, as a... Pop music. Pop music. I am a... Not my jam. Right, right. I'm a teeny bopper from way back, ladies and gentlemen, back in the... High school of it all, I mm. was much a militant uh, teeny bopper, as they say, which is someone who was championing the validity of pop music, where everyone around me was doing, well, you know, grunge, goth, alternative, your mother, things like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was gonna, I was about to agree wholeheartedly that you added that last one in. Uh, no, but when I was young, everyone, it was not cool to be a pop music aficionado. I'm not uh, sure it's cool today. <laughs> no, it's, ne- it's never been cool. Hence, my militant stance well, on it. Well, ironically, given that pop stands for popular, right? Exactly, and that's one we should rest straight up the front here. There's been a lot of chatter in the, in in the, the group. In the group Facebook, about the community, links in the show notes, what get is involved. Pop music? Uh, let me lay it down for you people. This is the hill I will die on. Pop, as you said, Paul, stands for popular music. Mm-hmm. Ergo, the... <laughs> vis-a-vis. Vis-a-vis. The, <laughs> um, the evidence of something being popular is it hitting the charts, ladies and gentlemen. If an album has gone triple platinum despite being what you might consider, I don't know, fresh, it's still pop. Classical music can be pop. Any kind of genre or style of music can be pop if it was popular. So if it hits the charts, it's pop music, ladies and gentlemen. What? No. I went That's a right. Way. I, I thought you way. might, but yeah. for me, there's a pretty clear delineation between what's alternative music that happens to somehow break through. I'll say a Pearl Jam back in the early '90s. That's absolutely pop. I don't think so. <laughs> absolutely pop. It's also more rock than anything else. So I I Same kept shit. out rock songs. I didn't want rock songs yeah, in my list. Yeah, this Because we're doing rock songs at some point, just so you're not yeah, top but 10 90s rock songs. See, the thing is, pop is, is a growing... Like, Enigma, Sadness Part 1. What the fuck was that? Gregorian monk chanting. But guess what? Hit number yeah, one for that, weeks, that's popular that music, would be pop. Yeah, that would be more pop than anything else I can think of. But say... And then we go to, say, say Tool. That's not pop music. Uh, I would agree on that, because Tool never really hit the fucking yeah, charts. Yeah, it did. Who? Which one? Yeah, Stinkfist was a big chart. Is Tool... Um, no, that's Nine Inch Nails I'm thinking of. Nine Inch Nails as well. Closer? That's a big. That was a big chart. Yes, Stomper. and hence it would be pop. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's a hill. Always going to These lists will not be comparable then, because I've come at it completely differently. I came out sort of the catchy tunes. Da, 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 da. I did include though a couple of songs which you probably call more hip hop sort of bordering on rap. Again, hip hop R and B became pop years ago. Yeah, I think it did. And also, we're not going to do a top ten hip hop countdown. We're certainly not going to do a top ten rap songs countdown because we're not versed enough, particularly in the latter. Yeah. I mean, so I included that here, not, but not really hardcore rap. There's no DMX Wayne. You'll be very disappointed. <laughs> well, then it's lies <laughs> <laughs> in my list. But yeah, I've got a couple of those sort of floating around that were very, very popular, and as we will, we will hear. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, man. Well, then this will be a heaps of fun. Well, before we get there, we've got a little bit of recounting to do as per that regular segment, and here it is: some feedback from you, the good folk. Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? Who wants a recap? 
What's on the wire this week, Polly? Uh, question. Yeah. Who let the dogs out? 90s? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say yes. <laughs> I have to change my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's kick it off with last week's show, of course, was... Oh no, two weeks ago show, episode 400. Sure. Because this is episode 402, not that we've released episode 401 yet, peek behind the curtains for you there. It was the top 10 films of all time. Mm-hmm. And I did put it up there for the vote in the Facebook community. And I guess people were, even though the episode's done very well, a lot of listens to it. Thank you very much to everyone who got on board to listen to that and us to potentially shame ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think I shame myself harder than you though, Wayne, because on the 58 votes recorded, 35 were for you. A paltry 23 for me. So, well done, sir. Another wow. win. Two in a row. Wow. And, and counting. Don't look forward to it. <laughs> Don't look, yeah, that's... Wow. Okay, cool. Uh, Mina Harker, aka Dan, said, oh, it was 100% for Paul after one vote, so I gave Wayne a pity vote. <laughs> See, that's the kind of win that I have. <laughs> Smiley Samani said, one for Wayne, just the little fella can finish the year on a high. Little fella, that's cute. <laughs> I even am taller than Tross Smiley. <laughs> yeah, in <a> Smiley. <laughs> Uh, Gerald Morris said, right click, select all isn't working. That's kind of you, Gerald. Uh, but David Powell said, I was so sure Paul would romp this in because Wayne would have a list jam-packed with turds like Legally Strong Gentleman, Van Helsing, Jerry Maguire, The Saint, and Man from Uncle, but not one of them appeared. His list was, in his own words, pure class. Well done, old man. You get my vote. Oh, this does not happen often. Hmm. Uh, Matt Evans said, been a busy week. I've forgotten the list already. Did Wayne put 1982 Zapped in his top <laughs> Troy Spinner, who puts those lists together every week, said, if I could combine your lists and have you both win, I would. However, it just doesn't seem right. Not scanning my Wayne Volume Bot membership card one last time. <laughs> Look, not that we've done away with a vote. I think we can still do some topics. No, we're going to do... You know yeah. what? We should do it in time. Who gives a fuck? People yeah, would like to put their foot in my ass in every, every well, week. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, as you can tell, foots are mostly in my ass. I was genuinely surprised not more people ragged out on me for, for having basic instinct where I had it. But overall, John Amenta said, Paul's with... Paul's wins for me, and I respect the idea of favourites, not best, but how did Basic Instinct end up on both your lists? That vagina flash hypnotised you two in 92, and that era Sharon Stone couldn't shine Kate Beckinsale's shoes. Whoa! Oh, Whoa, God damn! As Julio That's commented hard. afterwards, shots fired. No shit! Ooh. This guy's um, young or something. That's what's going on here. Uh, John's you, about the same age as us. Is he? Yeah. Well, John, I don't know what you're talking about, Willis. Yeah. Adelaide Spence said, <laughs> Aliens and Predator basically sunks Paul's list from the get-go. So, which one? Aliens and Predator. <laughs> They're the ones Adelaide came after me about. Whoa. Oh, damn. Damn. And then lastly, Chef Ben Randall said, Truth time, I've never seen Basic Instinct or Inception. <gasps> Chef, quit yeah. cooking for a little while and get them bitches <laughs> on your TV. Said he's going to vote for me with aliens being so high, but Wayne had me in the first half with usual suspects in Empire, but low, bro. Low. Low, okay. Yeah, okay. There we are. So, well done. Smashed it easily. It's another good win to you, sir. Let's move on to a couple of quick emails we had around the end of the the previous episode of the show, or era of the show. First from uh, Mark. Mark said, I've been a long time listening to the show and just wanted to take the time to show some appreciation before the show finishes in its current format. Well, got to a bit late. Sorry about that, Mark. I found the show after listening to an episode of Comic Confidential. Troy gave you guys a shout out. I decided to give it a whirl. I was hooked from the first episode. Almost immediately, the Came Up Down became easily my favorite podcast. At the time I discovered your show, I was in a very difficult time in my life. Your Mm. show has always managed to make me literally laugh out loud at a time when smiles were few and far between. I would listen to your show every single day and sometimes even more than once as I worked through the back catalog. Listening to Paul talk about Scrubs in your latest episode, I just want to let you know the countdown played the same role in my life. I was talking about Scrubs was really there for me in a really tough time in my life. That's important, people. I will never be able to find the words to express the gratitude for all your show and the wider counting community has done for me and my mental health. I've managed to find the courage to audition for some local community theatre productions and was actually cast in a lead role in a show earlier this year. What? 
How awesome is that? He goes nice on to work. say, hey, check out Clarkson Farm. It's well worth a watch. And he said, if we ever go to Sydney, his brother-in-law runs an excellent pub there with uh, craft beer. And he loved the chance to shout us a beer, which is very kind of him. Oh, so. kind. That's nice of you, man. Thanks, Thanks so much Mark. for that, Mark. And then the last word for today's recount comes from a regular fan of the show. Fan of the show. Wrong word. Co-host sometimes. He stepped into Wayne's shoes when Wayne was out having a hip operation. He in did like indeed. Year two. This is Nicholas Haskins, now of Nikolai's Kitchen. And actually, you can hear him on the patron feed just like right now because he did his favorite films of all time, 50 to 41, with me Ooh. quite recently. He said, I don't use Facebook or Twitter anymore, so I wasn't able to leave a comment in time for your 400th episode, but I'm listening now and I couldn't let the moment pass without congratulating you on 400 amazing episodes of The Countdown to wish you well as the show evolves in the future. Way back, I met a plucky young Paul on Twitter as you both endeavoured to grow our baby movie shows. We spent a lot of time working around together. Yes, we have, Nick. Each of those moments are my favourite moments ever in podcasting. Who could forget the time we learned Justin fucked a pie? Who could? Or when Wayne and I rightfully trashed the shit heap they live. <laughs> 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 through it all you two have been steadfast friends peers and incredible podcasters you always make me laugh and you've helped me carry through some tough times you've been instrumental in the annual live stream for the cure and a special thank you to you and your community for helping me raise money to fight cancer look forward to many ye- years of continued friendship and brotherhood and to inevitably planting my foot squarely between Paul's testicles when we finally meet in person <laughs> love you both dearly keep up the great work boys love you too Nick and thank you so much for, for those heartfelt hell words. yes uh, fun fact Nick was the first guy I heard internationally give us a shout out on yes. this show yeah, that's and I remember playing it for my little sister in the car she goes some American guy said your name <laughs> and I went I know <laughs> yeah our connection with the Epic Film guys and Nick in particular goes back so Runs so far deep. thank deep. you so much for that our good friend sir alright that's enough of the filleting ourselves mm. let's get into the nitty gritty on the other side of this music cue the top 10 pop songs of the night the subject of this week's countdown and we've already told you about our parameters Wayne apparently decides anything that hits the chart ever counts pretty as much pop I've decided that it's meant to be sort of catchy melodies repeated verses and to yes, be fair most also, of my shit is like that right also has to be popular yeah uh, if you knew Wayne's list you'll don't worry it's not like he's going to have too much alternative or rock shit on exactly there. in fact I had to I had to purposefully remove all the sugar ray from my list <laughs> Oh, good. Now there's a song I can use to open. Oh, yeah. It's not on either of our lists because it certainly is not on mine. Unlike my number 10 song, which is a song which doesn't really fit for me. It comes all the way back from 1990, but on paper, this sort of 70s kind of dancey thing, not really for me, but they sort of recreated this back then. In 2021, Rolling Stone ranked this song at number 233 in its updated list of the 500 greatest songs of all time, mm-hmm. calling a collage across different generations of funketeers. What could this be? Do you have any idea, Wayne? Has heaps of samples and this huge 70s aesthetic, as I was saying. Not really my thing normally, but it works here. I'm talking Groove is in the Heart by Delight. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, I remember what happened with this song, everyone. Check it out, peeps. Back in the Dizzy, <laughs> Polly had a girlfriend in high school. And she was a stalwart fan of The Cure, They Might Be Giants, and of course, Your Mother's Snatch. Now, these were all very like alternative-y things. She used to wear Doc Martens with floral dresses, yep. that kind of shit. And one of the one songs that she was admittedly liked, is, which was a pop song, was Groove is in the Heart by yeah, Delight. Okay. I, I think I it's forgotten washed, that. Maybe. I think it rubbed off on you, Maybe. baby. It's, mm-hmm. This is one of those songs that has never disappeared off my, off my iPhone. 
So really? over all the years, it's there. It don't, obviously I'm don't play it really all the time, but it, when it pops up, and you, when you hear this song, which we're going to hear a little bit of an yeah, example yeah. of it now, boy, do you jump on the dance floor. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that's old my, fun, old fun. That is my number ten favorite '90s song. Groove like that. Yeah, as I said, not really my thing at all. So but not somehow your thing. It has endured over time, and that's why it's fun to hear about Paul and pop music. <laughs> I say, okay. Well, my number ten, in the vein of meaningless, fun, and 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 catchy tunes, mm-hmm. uh, is a song that I've always considered to be one. It means zero. And even the person singing this goes, this song has zero meaning whatsoever. However, it's all about how cool it sounds, or to me, how catchy it sounds. It's Lump by Presidents of the (laughs) USA. I fucking love this song because all it is is just this thing that rattles around in your head. And it's about nothing. Like literally nothing. You can't even track any story through this thing because it just means shit. Lump sad alone. I can listen to that thing any old time, and I'm headbanging in the car on the way to anywhere with that bad boy. <laughs> Love me some Pusa. Wayne well, gets in the car, lump comes on the stereo. That one only just, like, just missed out, like between this and Peaches, because Peaches is hilarious too. <laughs> Uh, this one's that's catchier, I think. And this is definitely catchier. Peaches was got funny because we used to sing like you know, bitches come from a can, <laughs> you know. So it's like <laughs> well, that one is one that I think Weird Al parodied, right? And did it's it's gump, gump. He it's did gump. gump. Yes, yeah. there you are, Weird Al. Maybe a reason why that one doesn't resonate quite so hard for me. <laughs> Uh, no, they did some great work. But yeah, look, it's a fun song. Absolutely undeniably pop. So right? that's, a, that's a definitely correct choice. Let's see how long that, that holds for. Oh, yeah. My number nine is a song which, from 1998, that it's very known for how many pop culture references it throws in there. And hmm. it's kind of a little bit like Lump. It doesn't make a lot of sense when you try to listen through all the lyrics. And it's quite the story behind how this one was made. It's One Week by the band. <laughs> Come on, what's that laugh at me? No, no, I love it. I love it because um, we used to say... <laughs> this is a little gag for inside for everyone. Every now and then when me and the cousins used to... Oh, here we go. Del- you know, um, indulge in, in the in the doobage. Every now and then. Right? We used to sometimes when someone was bogarting the, the apparatus, we would say... Uh, we would literally sing... It's been jing one week since you passed the bong. All right, <laughs> we, we just do that. It was like a little joke that we did. But I would like to hear the original version, Paul. Why don't you just cue that bad boy up? <laughs> it might be slightly better than what you did. <laughs> I can't imagine. Look, before I do, let me tell you a little bit about Please, tell the me about this, sort of, the, this came together. So obviously this is from the Canadian band, as I mentioned, the Bare Naked Ladies. This was the number one song in on the Billboard Hot 100 for one week, ironically. <laughs> And the idea was he wrote this whole non-rap choruses with the concept being it's a structure of a fight between a man and a woman where the protagonist knows he is wrong and is just trying to save face. So that's the, it's been one week since you looked at me stuff. Oh, really? Which is interesting. And then the Leanne Rhymes. But then they did this sort of rap thing about all these other bits and pieces which have no relationship to that, where it just just throws in all these different pop culture references. Yeah. Among them, Aquaman, Swiss Chalet, Sushi, Wasabi, Buster Rhymes, Leanne Rhymes, Mm. (laughs) X-Files, Smoking Man, Frantic, Harrison Ford, Sting and Tantric Sex. 
<laughs> Snickers, Golf Clubs, Vertigo, Akira Kurosawa, Seven Samurai, Sailor Moon, uh, Sailor and Birch Mount Stadium. So I remember yeah. I, c- I can pick every single reference that they're talking about. That's why it was so much fun. And plus it was just like arranged so like statically like, yeah. oh, this is great. I really, I just, it's such a fun, fun song when it popped up in this year of my year of listening on Triple J, very big on Triple J around the late 90s. To me, this is what Canadian bands are about. They're like making gags. I think Pusa is also, a, um, a presidents are also a Canadian. Yeah, I could be wrong, actually. I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> but it's that type of style where it's well, kind of hang ridiculous. On. There's an email funny. coming in for the president yep. of the presidents of the United States it fan says, club. Fuck you, Wayne. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear a little bit of uh, the Ben Aker ladies doing their thing. It's been one week since you looked at me. And then we get into random rapping. Yeah, good you know, stuff. Which again, is, I think, makes this song, that dichotomy between the two sort of different complete styles is really works for me. What's cool is that they... Um, are obviously real musicians who are just having fun and doing that. These yeah. guys appeared on um, Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Shop. That place. There. There you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's your number nine, Wayne? All right. My number nine may be one of my favorite songs of all time, and it is... Fu- By the way, everyone. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. One of his favorite songs of all time at number nine. Yeah, but, you know, it's for the list. You know, sometimes there's bigger songs that they're in different decades. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. So, fair, uh, enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, by the way, everyone, you should know that uh, I am... Over the years of me telling people about songs that I like, which are embarrassing to like, I've developed quite a thick skin. Mm. So you're going to go, I can't believe you like that. It's on your list. And I'm going to go, I understand. So my number nine is The King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. This is great though, right? It's great, right? Now, everyone, I have, first of all, this is how bad it is. I've seen Go West live three times. Wow. Obviously, these 80s bands, they do a tour every now and then, or in this case, many years in a row. And they come to Perth because, you know, there's old people like me here. They actually, <laughs> I, interestingly, they had this. I used to love, this is one of those odd bands that I've loved for years. They had an album before this, which was which I really, really liked. And then they were about to sell everything they owned and move into their cars when they been they recorded this song and it got picked up by the Pretty Woman soundtrack. And then they actually the rest, got, as they say, exactly. So this is they they they're a one hit wonder. They have about <laughs> four hits, and okay. they're loose. It's loosely four hits. <laughs> If but you I, squint. If you squint, if you squint. But uh, I do love uh, this kind of thing. And uh, yes, King of Wishful Thinking is a big, big favorite of mine. I used to hit my car t- uh, tape deck m- many, yeah, many years ago. It was ago. 1990. It was era, circa the era of Pretty Woman, right? 1990? Mm, 1990. Good call. Uh, so there you are. Let's hear a little bit of King of Wishful Thinking, Polly. All righty. Both bopping along to that one, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> Mouthing oh, yeah. this shit out of me. I, 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 you converted me, I guess, to liking that song well, well many, many decades ago. Does so that happen often, people? Yes, absolutely. I so. have no qualms at all with that choice. <laughs> well played, sir. Nice one. My number eight is the first of these kind of more hip-hop-y, kind of rappy songs Brilliant. That, that make my list. But this is an absolute instant party started. This one plays for anyone of our ilk who was around circa 1992, mm. the year we graduated high school, who... New music, new this song. This wait, song, wait, 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 what could this be? Oh, well, let's see if you can get it as, as I tell you about it. 
It's the second best-selling song in the US from 1992. Behind a song that might be on your list. Did you have any boys to men on your list? I, was, I thought this was the boys to men song. No, End of the Road was number one. End of the Road was I thought yep. they were doing, okay. In 2008, it was ranked 17 on VH1's greatest, 100 greatest hip song, greatest songs of hip-hop of all time. Mm-hmm. It debuted at number 75 on the Billboard Hot 100 and hit number one 12 weeks later where it spent five weeks at the top of the charts. This was everywhere. And it was everywhere because it was crude and a whole bunch of people, sort of crude, a whole bunch of people lost their mind, these conservative types, that you can be talking about a woman's ass like this. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. I am, of course, talking about Baby Got Back. What up? By Sir Mix-A-Lot. And I don't think I can do anything better than just let you hear a bit of that. Let's go. She just so wild. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Yeah, when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Want to pull up tough, because you notice that butt was stuck. Deep in the jeans she's wearing. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. You so. want to get witcher. Witcher. <laughs> Very funny stuff. And That's so totally catchy. Fun. You know what it is? That fucking backbeat is fucking off the chain. It's very boom, good. Boom, you know, it's like good shit, It's man. excellent. Excellent shit, Tim. <laughs> you know, we used to um, use this song. Uh, went, oh, mm, I don't know if I can tell this story. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what you're going to say. Just go with the look on your face. Let's not do that and say that we did. So I just think this song is hilariously funny. It's really clever. And the fact that, yeah, it pissed off a whole bunch of conservative people really in, made me enjoy it even more back in the day. I mean, the song is so good that Paul doesn't even like Big Butts. And it's he likes the song. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> true. Kim Kardashian, not for me. Yeah, whereas I will slap a thigh and ride the wave in. No problem. <laughs> All right, that's that is my number seven. Nice one. Over my you, yours. number eight is uh, I want to oh, say that was my eight. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no problem. My number eight is the mm, I want to say it's the poppiest, most teeny bopper, most sort of whatever song on my list, but it's not. It's probably up there. But it is in fact Mbop by Hanson. <laughs> right, I'm out. You lost me. It didn't take that I long. I love. You know what? Okay, look. Fucking Let me tell you about this some shit right here. Okay. So first of all, yes, it's a bunch of definitely kids poppy. That just did no, no, but like. I remember hearing it going, oh, okay, I guess it's a bunch of kids singing, okay? Which, of course, it was. <sighs> and then it just got this massive play on the radio. I listened to, like, like mainstream radio. I wasn't Triple J Boy like Paul over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it kept on going. And I was like, well, this will be a flash in the pan. But you know what? Not long ago, I heard these same crackers, like, doing an acoustic version of it, and it fucking banged. So uh, I always loved Mbop, everyone. And yes, I understand what you're saying. You're going, how can, you, this how can you do this, this and still be a man? This is an instant skip slash turn off the radio. Is it? Yep. Wow, I, to me, it's an instant turn up. <laughs> Even though you hear it so much, I understand you can get sick of it. I do get that. This thing had heavy rotation. I didn't hear it that much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's just do a snippet, Polly. Oh, God, all right. That's enough of that oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Great <laughs> stuff. Fan fucking fantastic. I wonder if there's anyone out there with as much problems as I have to like that song this <laughs> I'm much. I'm sure, that, as we'll hear at the end in the Pop 10 segment, there was a couple of people who chose this one. So you're really? Not, you're not alone. No, oh, I don't believe you are Good. at all. <laughs> all right. My number seven is a song which comes from a film. So there's a couple, at least a couple of these that are film and TV inspired. So that's where a lot of, particularly these days, 
mostly what I add to my playlists now or, or carry around with me in my pocket, my 100 or so songs, usually come from I've heard it on a movie again and go, sure. oh, I love that song. And this is this is one that, that has endured over the years since 1993 and it's by a Trinidadian German Euro dance artist named Hadaway. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was wondering if you would put this in there. So I'm like, nah. Because <laughs> if it's not in this movie, this is not a good film. song. What is love? <laughs> Brackets, baby, don't hurt me. Close brackets is my number seven. It was released in 1993, and it was the album's lead single. Who cares this shit? It was on Night at the Roxbury, and this is where Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan did their Roxbury guys doing their sideways yep, headbang. Let me just loosen up my neck muscles yep. here every time that they did it. Because yeah, you when you hear this song, you want to. If you've seen the movie, you just want to do the same fucking thing with your head. That's absolutely it. not even going to lie. It got as high as number 12 in Australia, 11 in the US, 17 in Canada, and a whole number 48 in New Zealand for the three of you who listen from that country. So, <laughs> <laughs> it probably now won because we stopped doing movies and television. But anyway, point being, this song really tickles my fancy. Oh, and here is a sample of it. There you go. That's Hadaway's What Is Love. Look, obviously, again, another song which, not that I was much of a clubber, but when you went clubbing in these sort of... Did this thing ever come on in the club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it? Big on the dance floor here in Australia. That's almost a gag, because then you're at the bar just shaking your ass and dropping your head. You know what I'm saying? Well, hopefully that attracts the... The attention of someone that you're attracted oh, to. I, in my experience, it never did. No, no, no I can't say. <laughs> I picked up too many times in a club. Did once, however, get approached by a bloke who's like, "Hey, man, how you going? Yeah, this is ba- so good to see you." I'm like, "Yeah, never reckon I did not know who the guy oh, was." Someone who thought you were someone else. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, great to see you too. Yeah, how's how's the? I'm da- yeah, Dave. He's going really uh, good. Ah, you're doing the swingers uh, thing. Uh, hey, who's that guy? I don't fucking know. Yeah, basically, <laughs> he's like, I'll go get you a drink. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Comes back, gives me a drink. Really? Yep. All that far? What a whore. <laughs> yeah, that nice was one. some good acting that particular night. All right, that's uh, my number seven. Wayne, what's yours? Okay, this is probably the most embarrassing one. Could be wrong. Oh, Could shit. be wrong. Could be wrong. That is some bold claim. We can go this so far for me exactly. No, this is more embarrassing than Mbop. Now, Paul, there's only a few songs I can point to where the first time I heard it, I absolutely loved it, and I knew I loved it the second, the first I heard it. I even remember where it was. I was driving. This came on the radio. It was on like somewhere in the city. And I was like, what is this banger, okay? <laughs> now, it is by, I have since learned, a Swedish band who call themselves a Swedish reggae band, Paul. Wow. That's right. Uh, what could this be? Well, it is most definitely uh, written by someone who was not a native English speaker. For example, one of the lines is, life is demanding without understanding. The song, of course, is... The Sign by Ace of Base. Oh, God. I fucking love this song, yeah, man. I saw this on the list. I, I fucking knew, love I knew, it. I knew this would be there, so Dude. Not, not shocked, just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that this song had just the right amount of techno in the early 90s to be a total crowd pleaser. It does sound like every one of their other songs. I don't care. I like the shit out of it, and it is my favorite of theirs. Uh, so <laughs> let's hear about some sign, Polly. Very, very... <laughs> Low bar to jump over that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think these guys also had four hits, and they all sound the same. Four hits. Generous. Nate, what's one other song by Ace um, of Base? All That She Wants. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's uh, definitely one. Yeah. Fair enough. Two. Okay. 
that's a kick-ass banging ass song. I love that shit. Word. Oh, good stuff. It's actually even more fun because Paul's just giving me the stinker. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> shocked, dismayed, a little bit put out, and certainly um, got an itch around my crotch now. Fair enough. So, all right. <laughs> when a song's so bad, it makes your dick itch. <laughs> My number six might be as much an anathema to you, Wayne, that that your number seven was to me. <laughs> this one is getting it's boring on on alternative. It, it's right on that sort of pop alternative barrier. If I've me. heard of it, it's pop. Go ahead. <laughs> you absolutely have heard of it. It's this really infectious song which gets played and got played a lot in the late nineties. Nineteen ninety seven was this song was released from Third Eye Blind, Semi Charmed Life. <laughs> Remotely alternative, bro. You don't think so? Not even oh, close. Okay. These people are like fucking third, third eye blind. Have you seen that band? No. Nah. They're the most nineties looking fucking like Pollyanna motherfucking not remotely edgy band at all, man. Except interesting then that the song is quite edgy itself when you when you know what it's about. So there's yeah, the about? well, there's the on surface level kind of well, is guy girl come around basically get out of me all the rest of that shit. But then beyond that, it's meant to be apparently. This is written by. Jenkins didn't write his first name down. Someone named Jenkins. Jenkins. Maybe it's his first name. Leroy Jenkins. Sorry, go on. I think it's Martin Barry. I could be making that shit up. But he said it's meant to be this very disjuxtaposition of this great sort of music and lyrical content, very bright, very fun. Yeah, is it this underneath that one? Yeah, this is not at all alternative, bro. Okay, good. Not at all. All right, happy then. But it's actually about Crystal Matthews. Is it? Yes. So really, he. Conceived this song watching his friends use Crystal Meth during a Primus concert, believe it or not. Okay. And it's meant to sort of broadly relate to changing period in, in people's lives, but at the same time, sort of being about drug use and the like. So, yeah, it's a bit darker That's and nasty. That's quite interesting. I like the fact that it's dark shit, but it sounds like fun. Yeah, that it, there's this hidden sort of layer to it, if, if you will. And I just think this song perfectly encapsulates my uni years. This is the song I almost immediately go to when I'm thinking about that era of my life. That, yeah. You know, you... <laughs> Young, you're carefree, the world's at your Oh, fate. I remember being... you got all that shit going on, man. In interested terms of... in life, yeah. I remember... <laughs> <laughs> I remember before the world broke my spirit, it was like, it's quite all right. <laughs> Back when Jack and Op had a hope to it that maybe this would be the ultimate nut. I don't know. Oh, dude, it, it, was so, it was so prolific that we didn't even admit we jacked off back then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how fucking how much we cared about our image. <laughs> this one... To use the same term, you did, I think it's an absolute banger, which has stood the test of 25 years for me. Remains on my playlist, comes up all the time. I very rarely skip through it because I never get sick of it. Here is a bit of Third Eye Blind's Semi Charm Life. Heaps of fun, heaps of fun. The only problem with this band is this guy had a tendency to halfway through the song start talking. I'm like, I fucking hate oh, it when have people. Have you seen do him that. live? No, he would in, in so, a song uh, called. Um, well, this song he does is the same thing. It really slows right down. Yeah, so, so it's, 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 there's, there's another song he did, that he did called. Um, it's on the <laughs> it's on the Coyote Ugly soundtrack, which okay. I really really like. But he does that a lot. But other than that, no, it's a great. It's actually a lot of fun that song. So yes, all right. I'm surprised you liked it. Kind of, but oh, yeah. maybe I'm not sure. Okay, go. there we go. Oh, nice a bit of bonus trivia, please. By the time, oh, can I say? So when he was doing this, he 
And four non-blondes singer-songwriter Linda Perry used to work together on this song and the song that became What's Up. They really? Would, they would play it back and forth to each other and give each other notes and the like. What did you think of What's Up? Oh, I don't mind that song. Eh, yeah. But not something like my list. But anyway, those two songs went on to sell a combined 17 million records. God damn it. Remember when the music industry actually had money for you? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just plays on Spotify. And that song, not as popular if you want to use your technical definition, got as high as 17. Uh, no, Reached peak after four. It was number four, I should say, in the, in the Billboard Hot 100 charts in the US. So if you're top are. 50, you're in. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. Okay, nice one. Uh, my number six, ladies and gentlemen, is a song that still gets pretty re- pretty heavy rotation on my playlist now. Okay, I use YouTube Music. I'm the only guy who uses it. Okay, everyone else is Apple Music, Spotify. No, I Spotify use I think it's the most popular. I don't know. I think it definitely is. Uh, but mine. Well, I like to watch the music video sometimes. So. This song is by Bob Dylan's son, Jacob Dylan. Oh, I like this song. One headlight, yeah, right? This is oh, that would be on my list. If I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good, great song, good man. Choice. And this Excellent song is choice. about. Oh, well played, sir. Thank you, thank you. Now this is about. This has got a lot of metaphors and images in it, and that sort of thing. Very dirgy kind of guitar here and there. I actually, if you, I watched the music video, like I said, of it a lot. And these guys are using oversized black suits on stage and stuff like that. And even though it's 90s and stuff, I really, really love the, the, the mood and the feel of how kind of... It's not grunge. It's a little just edgy. And again, he's Bob Dylan's son, so he's got some baked-in kind of like cred there. But the, the song itself is about the death of ideas, apparently. Uh, and even when he says, like, come on, try a little in the song and stuff about him actually just trying to get all of his ideas through and only getting a few through. I should mention that's actually the Wallflowers, not Jacob Dylan, but uh, yeah, that's his band. And uh, my cousins, when singing this, often sing, one ass cheek, because that's how we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad to hear you like it, Paul. <laughs> yeah, too ridiculous to comment on that last moment. But uh, yes, I think the song's fantastic. That's great, isn't it? Absolutely would have been on my list had I remembered. So. Ah, you know what I did to get this list? I no, what was the research process? The research process, because I this could easily be a top fifty, by the way, no problem. Not for right? you, I know for me exactly. <laughs> but I just went to like the top. There's a, the radio stations do top five hundred hits pop of the nineties, right? You just walk through the five hundred and yeah. you pick the ones you really. Yeah, love. I went. I went online, searched three or four different lists of the top fifty, sixty, five hundred, whatever it was. Easy. Yep. Yeah, there you are. So yes, one headlight. Thank you very much. Very nice. My number five is a song which I wondered might be on your list, Wayne. This might be our first and possibly only crossover. Hmm. Comes from a TV show. It's one of the most famous opening songs to a TV show ever. It was commissioned by the studio for the TV show and broke through into popular culture and being one of the most recognizable tunes of the 90s. It's got to be. It has at one point been nominated as one of the worst songs ever by Blender. Top Sounds like something I would like. Songs ever. Conversely, several magazines listed it as one of the best TV theme songs ever, including Paste, Complex, and Observer. I'm, of course, talking about the Rembrandts. 
I'll be there for you. Dude, I just dropped it oh. off the list. I just dropped it off the okay, list. Absolutely, though. Absolutely. I'm totally on board with this. And you know what? It's only because everyone expected me to put it on. So, um, uh, maybe. I don't know whether they expected me to put it on. They definitely didn't expect you to put it on. You no one expected you to do this list. If you're old enough to know this TV show, if you're old enough to watch Friends and, and gotten into it, then you know the words to this song. You know the claps, okay? Absolutely. Claps are the most claps significant the, thing of the world. Absolutely. All. And you know what? This is one of those things where, because the, the one that plays on the actual TV show is not the same as this recorded oh, version. It's very short. Yeah, because they had to re-record it and then make it a thing. And Friends was such a juggernaut at the time that this became a massive hit. And Rembrandt's also did a song called That's Just The Way It Is Baby, which I also quite like. Yeah, that's all right. So they had two hits. So, they so <laughs> This was actually written by the showrunners. So Marta Kaufman, David Crane, there was a bunch of other people who worked on that's it as, as well. And originally they tapped R.E.M. to do the song. R.E.M. Ooh. said, nah, get fucked. Aria would have been great on this thing, except fucking Michael Stipes is such a grumpy fuck. And so they went <laughs> to the only available band they could find at the time who was on their payroll. The really? That's how they got this gig. Their most famous song of all time by a billion trillion miles. You're kidding. Came out out of happenstance, out of luck. That's so nuts, man. And I remember the music video of this thing, because that's me, um, has all the Friends yeah, guys in it. Playing, and that's why playing, people love Playing the, instruments. And, playing instruments, yeah. fucking around with stuff. Really cool. I think Jennifer Anderson was playing the drums at one stage. It was Reached really cool. the top 10 in Australia, New Zealand, Norway, as well as in Ireland and the United Kingdom in both 1995 and 1997. It was the most successful single of 1995 in Canada and in the United States. It reached number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100. And the Hot 100 Airplay chart for eight weeks. Topped the Hot 100 Airplay chart for eight weeks. That's cool. This was a juggernaut. It's amazingly fun. It's infectious. Let's have a bit of uh, Rembrandt's action for you. Hit it. You're not going to give us a chorus? Nah. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about being edited off uh, Spotify, oh, yeah, Apple Music because of too much music <laughs> playing. So trying to keep it to that sort of fair use amount of time. Fair Otherwise, enough. yeah, we could just play these songs. In fact, maybe we should put together... I can a put Spotify together, playlist? I can put together an Apple play, music playlist. I'm not on Spotify, I'm Apple Music. I'll put Spotify playlist. And we can maybe send that out, put the link out in the uh, Facebook you go. community. That'll be That'll fun. Be fun. And maybe put it in the show notes too if we get Perfect. organized fast enough. Perfect. All right, Wayne, what's happening for your number five? Okay, so number five is where in the 90s there was a period of mine where there was a bit more angst than pop, a bit more uh, pensiveness, shall we say, than me just yelling at people or around or cackling like a bitch. This is a, this is a, it's a more low-key, low-slung kind of song, but again, I still listen to it now, and I like it so much I learned to play it on the guitar. Ooh. It is Stay by Lisa Lowe. This has had a new renaissance. You know that, right? What? Has it? Either no? someone has redone it or remixed it or whatever. Because I, at work, I hear it on the radio all the time and not on fucking 94.5 or 96. It's a new version of Because even my daughter knows this song. What? I know. What? Someone re- re-released? Oh, not re-released. Re-covered it. Covered Either it. sampled it, covered it, whatever. But it's, it's all around again. Your daughter knows this song? Yeah. Oh my god! Well, here's the thing about this. Well, Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories, who are the folks who did this, she actually got this song on the Reality Bites soundtrack, which I don't even know if I've seen Reality Bites, but I know all of the music from that soundtrack because the soundtrack is gangster. And she, um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she <laughs> told you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
she has this perfect guitar ditty on it, and it's just kind of this song was so big that it actually she didn't have an album yet. They just released this single, and she had to scramble to get an album together. Now, I not long ago saw Lisa Loeb re-perform this. Now, she looks the same. I think she's beautiful, by the way. Lisa Loeb with those cat eye fucking glasses and stuff still works. Still works for me. Okay, I'm all about that. Sure, shit. I couldn't. I picture know her. this is not your jiggity jam. Not. I, I just don't, can't picture. Her. I don't know. Really? No. She's gorgeous. Okay, and still pretty hot. So, uh, uh, yes. Stay by Lisa Loeb. Whoopa! Okay, and also we've done some investigating on the uh, Stay thing that Paul was talking about. Mm-hmm. He's talking about a different song. Right. The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber's Stay, which someone has refixed. What a dickhead. I'm talking about a different one. <laughs> I'm talking about the Lisa Loeb Stay, baby. So, uh, yeah, we can just go ahead and play that one if you like. <laughs> Yeah. Stop ruining shit, <laughs> It's uh, my yes. job when it comes to singing. <laughs> Old fan, ladies and gentlemen, stay by Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories. And that was your number five. My number five. You and Nine Stories. I didn't say that anywhere on, on here. Yeah, maybe I made that up. No, I'm kidding. I'm pretty sure they are there. Yeah. All right. My number four is of the same ilk or similar ilk. It's a, it's a breakup song. It's really, was really popular in 1996 mid. Okay. By a very... Someone's going to have a huge career, let's put it that way. Gwen Stefani's band, No Doubt. No Doubt, boo. Don't Speak. You oh. my number four. Hey, everyone, everyone, I remember this. Paul has a fucking thing for Gwen Stefani. Yeah. I get it, I get it. She's got a certain look and all that sort of stuff. Not my jam, but certainly yours. Yep. And uh, yeah, this is great. Funny that this is the one that she gets kicked through, because she was a ska band. Don't, no Doubt was a ska band with that you know swingy this, kind of this horns. This album, kind of this is the one that sort of broke through into the mainstream. And then and this is about a breakup, basically. It was, it was reworked as a breakup song after she broke up with a bassist in the band. His name's Tony. Really? Tony Canal. And she eventually goes on to marry the guy who's lead singer of Bush. That's so. Gareth or something, maybe. Sure. Uh, yep. And they have kids together, but then they broke up too, as far as I understand it. So Damn. this song was hugely pop- popular. It had lots of airplay everywhere. And it also made the transition over into Guitar Hero and those songs. <laughs> really? Including where well, you could sing. Now, I know this is going to shock everyone. <laughs> everyone. But this song I can match with my shit-ass falsetto. No, guitar oh, on, on guitar on the on the mic. Oh, okay, so I guitar hundred percent on yeah, the singing yeah. for this one. I here's know, how, here's hard how you to win. fucking believe. No, no, here's how you win on Guitar Hero, right? You just go on the mic and go, ooh, uh, ee. That's what you kind of do to actually Pretty match much. it up. But yeah. that's fine. That's how yeah. I sing anyway. So, uh, yeah, Pretty I'm surprised much. you like this one, Paul. This Love is, this. This song. is a bit. Uh, it's a bit Nancy boy. It's a bit, uh, ah, it's a bit slow. It's fuck a bit, you. Uh, you know, it's a, I'm surprised is all. Nevertheless, love it a lot. And yeah, I think it's got nominated for Song of the Year, Best Pop Performance by a Duo Group with Vocals at the 40th Grammy Awards. And Gwen, Gwen Stefani, what a talent, which she went on to do sort of her solo Oh, she career. became the thing after she that. She took off after that, and obviously, and a pop icon. But she uh, was this doing is, R&B after that, man. Boom. This is my favorite of her songs. Let's Don't speak. It. Let's uh, hear a sample of it. can't relate to a bit of the angst that's evident in those vocals. Oh, I think every time we do a show, I think to you, <laughs> don't speak. <laughs> well played. Thanks. 
Very Beyond nice, that, very though, nice. I am talking about breakups. Absolutely, we've breakup all song. had that moment. That's a, a classic breakup song, and I love the shit out of it. It's my number four nice. best pop song of the nineties. Speaking of which, the breakup king. It's not on my list, but I have a Chris Isaac guy on on on, on my fucking like honorable mentions. One time, I went to a Chris Isaac concert on my own. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't give away my list. Oh no, no! Are you not going? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Uh, anyway, I'm really sad. I went on my own, and Chris Isaac high fived me as he ran through the audience. I texted Paul, Chris Isaac high fived me. He was with our other friends and said, "Let me get back to him like this." And said, "Did you come? And how long?" He was giving me shit about it. All right, so that happens a lot over here. <laughs> but yes, of course, my number four, ladies and gentlemen, is a song. Now this is unique because this is by a band, and the lead singer of the band I find disgusting. Ooh. However. In the music video for this song is the only time I've ever found her straight up attractive. And the song itself, I think, is just really great. Another one I learned on the guitar because it's kind of easy. Malibu, isn't it? Malibu, baby! (laughs) Are you on it? No, because I wouldn't count this as pop. This is pop like your... Hole is not a pop band. No, but this song is pop as shit. Do you know where this goes? It's their poppiest song, I will agree. Yeah, this is great, man. It's total pop. Just because they're not a pop band doesn't mean they can't do a pop song, Paul. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yes, Hole. Alternative... Band, you could say. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. It's all good. <laughs> I'm stunned. This is so high on your list. Jeez. Oh, I love it, man. It's um, it, it was actually written uh by her, Courtney Love, and the music video. Uh, Even I can play this song. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a really really great song. It's the bassist in this band. Her name is Melissa Alftermeyer. Fan fucking tastic. <laughs> just just fantastic. I actually watched the music for the video for her as well. But the song itself is, I guess, about Malibu in California. But. Not only the song being great and actually kind of... I just think it's actually one of those perfectly put together songs. Like even the, the the bridge in this song, which usually uses the minor key or whatever, is just fits perfectly. And I actually love the music video too. There's a lot of fire with like shit yeah, like that. It's very cool. Yep. Palm trees. Yeah, hit me with some Malibu, Paul. All righty, here we go. Yeah, baby. That's a great song. And totally out of left field. That song should have been on my list if it counts as pop. I don't think it does. Totally does. But <laughs> it's a great choice. I'm glad Hole gets some love. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought that wouldn't happen on this show? <laughs> when you realize what you're saying halfway through saying uh, it. And then you're happy that you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great choice. My number three. Is that where we're at now? Jeez, we are getting right to the top here. Here's my other big sort of hip hop rappy mm. entrant this song if you think 90s this song and I reckon my number one with my number two get in the way are the two songs that I think of when I think 90s music okay quite honestly and it's, and it's hip hop yeah. I love when Paul goes urban ladies and gentlemen it does not happen very often yeah I mean it's hip hop hip hop ish yes it samples Stevie Wonder's 1976 song Pastime Paradise which should tell you everything you need to know hmm. and it features American singer L. V. fuck off dickhead you're an asshole <laughs> and I still don't know what the fucking song is. Uh, otherwise, that was LV. <laughs> <laughs> you shit. <laughs> uh, All right, please tell me what is your, what is this song, Paul? This song 
is listed at number 85 on Billboard's Greatest Songs of All Time. We lost this artist in the last year, unfortunately, very sadly. In 2008, it was ranked number 38 on VH1's 100 Greatest Song of Hip Hop. It's got multiple awards. It's it's was the soundtrack, the killer song to the Michelle Pfeiffer mid-90s classic. Oh, my God. Dangerous Minds. Oh, my God. You like this I one? I am, of course, talking about <laughs> Julio <laughs> Gangster's Paradise. What the fuck? <laughs> this, is your, this is on your list? This song fucking blows. Oh. <laughs> I love it. 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 No, please, please. I, I'm stunned you hate it. I'm stunned you like it. This is like... I bought this CD single, what? Wayne. <laughs> CD single that and that also uh, oh, the Rembrandts damn. I'll be there for you well, that one play that one yeah. but yeah <laughs> this one I played so often wow this is the softest gangster sh- yeah. wow it's a- oh yeah no let me Start hear it let me hear contrast it. to DMX you know what let me hear it again let me hear it again I want to hear it yeah it's, it's so right, here DMX. as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking Or you and your homies might be lying in chalk I think that sample might yeah. be one of the greatest samples ever put The strings music. are ping, yeah. Which is I from Stevie was, Wonder I had no idea, so there you are and Apparently, Coolio said he didn't swear in this song, didn't cuss in the song Because... Stevie Wonder was dead against that shit. And out of respect that Stevie Wonder let him use that sample, he went, all right, I'm going to keep this one clean. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what else Coolio did. I don't know. Not much. <laughs> I think there was like one other song. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Big surprise for me, Paul. That was an interesting one. Yeah. I don't are. even know the words, but uh, yeah, he didn't want to have any profanity in there. Uh, I had a few vulgarities and he wasn't with that. So I changed it. Once he heard it, he thought it was incredible. How, what kind of, that's amazing to get the stamp of approval from Stevie Wonder. Like, Damn straight. How much better could it be? This song dominated, as I said, to me, it's the sound of the 90s. Gangsters, Paradise by Coolio and L.V. <laughs> is my number three. Side note, Paulie. Have you heard the theory online that Stevie Wonder ain't blind? No. Okay, well, get this, right? Everyone, go ahead and look it up. There's a, there's, an, there's a video online of Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney performing. Paul McCartney jumps around the stage, knocks over a mic. Stevie Wonder catches that shit, even though he's supposed he's to have... He's daredevil. He's not daredevil. <laughs> there was a full band playing. That motherfucker ain't hearing shit. So anyway, yes. Uh, you know, just a side note, everyone. Very much fun. Okay, my number three... Now, there's not a lot of classics that came out of the 90s, but I maintain this is most definitely one. And we just eked in here because it's 1990, ladies and gentlemen. And I am talking about a song that has never stopped being covered. Ever. I don't think. Okay. And again, one bit of a theme here. If you're learning to play the guitar, this might be the first song you learn to play. Oh. It's not more than words. Oh, that's exactly what I thought it was. (laughs) It's actually Free Fallen by Tom Petty. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Now, this Free Fallen is... This is as easy tunes go. This is good for a laugh. Okay. Apparently, Tom Petty was trying to make Jeff Lynne the producer. Top ten easy listening songs. Ooh. Ooh, oh, you want soft rock songs, baby? <laughs> soft rock. <laughs> yeah, soft rock. Can't say that though. <laughs> I think you can. Not, not in the title of something. <laughs> oh yeah, fair yeah. enough. Uh, no, but this one, he was like, like Tom Petty was trying to make like Jeff Lynne laugh. I like, look at this haha funny song with the three chords. A bling bling, you know. And he was like, yeah, that's funny. And then he kept on fucking around with it, trying to sing over it, talking free falling, this that whatever. Ended up being this banger, and Jeff Jeff Lynne's like, we got to go record that right now. And then it becomes 
the song that he's most known for. Is this song? Is this his biggest song? Freefall? I would say so. He's done like a lot that. of stuff. I, want, I don't back down. I won't, won't back down. Is back up down. there as I well. Like that well. Yeah, that's definitely up there. Uh, back down. Yeah, but this one here. By the way, side note: John Mayer does a cover of this, which is hauntingly oh, beautiful. Makes sense. Where did John Mayer start coming into existence? Uh, not, 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 not when no. he started playing. So no, when the 2000s pop yeah, songs. Yeah, easy, the early odds. Nine yeah. of those songs will be, will be fucking <laughs> <laughs> But the Free Fallen song here, I think, is actually something that... I don't know what it is about Good the song. simplicity of the background chords and just the fact that he's kind of laying over the, the track, but I absolutely love it. You can go ahead and play the beginning, Paul, if you like. Uh, all right. Jesus in America too. She's a good girl. She's crazy about Elvis. Loves horses and her boyfriend too. Great track, great track. Big fan. My number two might be the most number two appropriate <laughs> song of all time. It's As not about a piece poo. of shit. No, okay. it's, not, it's not about poo. This, song, this track was originally nicknamed what the title would be. It's two minutes and two seconds long. It has two verses, two choruses, and a hook featuring Woohoo! <laughs> as the sort of bass comes in, it's the second song on Blur's self-titled album, as well as Blur, Cole, and the Best Of, and was the second single released from that former album. Some have said it's a parody of the grunge genre, while others state it's a parody of radio hits in the music industry with a punk rock chorus. In the UK, song two mm-hmm. ended up... <laughs> Getting to number two in the charts. Ah, Would you fucking believe? This is that. amazing. It was number two on a Triple J's Hottest 100 for 1997 in Australia. It's very atypical of Blur's normal type of music at that point in time. But it is one of the best songs of the 90s as far as I'm concerned. And I had to put it at number two because it wasn't jockeying around at one through four. But of course you And I went, well, hang on. I'm just going to knock it up. Break the theme here. I said, song two. You all fucking know. It's absolutely incredible. It's the best two minutes of this poppy, rocky, grungy song you're ever going to hear. Here we go. Blur's song two. Is there a more catchy slash instantly recognizable song of this era? I'll tell you, right? With with here's the thing, right? When I first heard this song, I was incensed by how fucked it was, right? <laughs> I, then when I first I was sitting there going, "What's this woohoo shit? What is this? What is this?" Right? It takes about four listens before I go, "This is fucking genius." Right? Blur, for the record, is of those Britpop people. Like they are the most innovative. Like I agree. Damon but- Albarn, he had a lot going with him. He's then going on to do Gorillas and all this yeah. other shit, and it's like genius, genius, absolutely. Like, gorillas is not my type of favorite music. Though. I've got a couple of great tracks, mm. but I think Blur and you know, think about Beetle Bum to this song to uh, Coffee and whatever that song is. It's so Blur's, all different. Blur's Country House, the fucking yeah, Country all House. That shit. Fucking great stuff and so much fun to listen to. And even now, they're later on, well, now, but later on, they're doing that, come on, come on, come on, that kind of shit. Like, Yeah, Tender. Fucking great song. So this guy is really the shit and he's the real thing. It was nominated for Best British Single, Best British Video in 1998, Brit Awards. In 1998, BBC Radio 1 listeners voted Song 2, the 15th best track ever. 
That's Ooh. how much it made an instant impression on people. I so. remember the music video with them getting thrown against the wall. Yep. Yeah, really it's very cool. clever. Really cool. Good shit. That's mine. Oh, of course. I picked it. It's good <laughs> shit. My number two, Wayne, what's yours? Nice one. Now, we're going to have a problem here, Paul, because mm-hmm. this to me is pop, but you're going to say it's rock. And if it was the E, you're going to say, if I thought this was all right, it'd be on my list. And so I'm just going to say, everyone, this is a thing. It's what's happening now. My number two song of the 90s, pop song of the 90s, because it went right to number one. Smells like Teen Spirit. Oh, God. absolutely, absolutely! It is pop, of baby. Of course, this would be my number one <laughs> if it was pop. It's my number two. On your definition, it's pop. On my definition, it's it's rock. It's alternative. It's definitely not pop. Could you not say that song two was kind of rock? But <laughs> you could <laughs> see that's why it's an open thing. You like could this. you could you could say that it's definitely more rocky. But I I went with what popped up on these lists. Well, to be fair to you, one yeah. one of those lists I looked at of the four or five of them actually had this one very high because mm. they construed it to be pop. So I guess what I'm saying to you is when we do the top ten rock songs of the '90s, steal yourself. It's coming back. Sure, sure, that's fine. Uh, now. That all being said, everyone, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Nirvana. Nah, I didn't know shit about Nirvana. In fact, I remember it was a school camp where Paul had brought his Nirvana Nevermind CD. Yeah. And I was like, oh, look at this. There's a baby with a with a, with a fucking chasing, chasing money, on, money on the hook thing. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Well, I have no idea what that is because, of course, we never saw the band in there. Uh, I had no idea who Kurt Cobain was. And, of course, Foo Fighters had not happened yet. So we didn't know that Dave Grohl mm. was from Drummond. This song blew up the fucking world, man. I think it... it um, There's no... Uh, you're right. There's... Again, I don't think it's pop, but there's no more <laughs> iconic song of the early 90s than this song. I think it defied all the rules about how music worked for me as well, because... This is not your jam. I'm stunned, actually, when uh, I think it, about it's, it. It's one of those rare things where the genre itself means nothing because the song itself did something for me. Like, that whole... In fact, that whole album was that the whole shit. That whole album was well, the shit. there's a couple of tracks on it I don't much care for, but mostly that's an excellent album. It is a really excellent album. I think, album. actually, this, this is the inferior song to... I think it's track five on the album Lithium. Lithium is my favorite song from the album. You like Lithium? Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, but the what was so interesting to me was that d- just that dirge that it starts with and then it's ding, ding, ding. And then, then that's the whole chorus. And then you come into this like boom. I don't know. It was, I think it, whenever a, a song that's out of my usual genre does enchant me, I then tend to like it a bit more yeah, it because sense. it makes me feel like a normal person. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. these kids are talking about something I also like, I which like never too. happens exactly. So, smells like teens. That's not true. You are the quintessential sort of mainstream pop dude. But none of my friends are like me. Yeah, All yeah. of them are like fucking you. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's no one yeah. to talk to you about it, I'm saying. So there you are. All right, let's, let's hear a bit. Yeah, of just course. It and where, of course, what are we going to start with other than the most iconic opening let's do it. to a song probably ever? Riff time. Do you need any more than that? I don't think you do. Holy shit. And that bang bang is literally second fret, bottom two string fingers, bottom two strings. Just fret that bing bing. That's the whole thing, man. Fucking fantastic. Simply genius, I think, is what you're trying to say there, Wayne. All right. That's right. I'm going to give my 10 through 2 as a recap. Kicking off my number 10, Groove is in the Heart from Delight. Number 9, One Week, Bare Naked Ladies. 8, Baby Got Back by Sir Mixalot. What is Love? Baby Don't Hurt Me from Hadaway at number 7. Number 6. Semi-Charm Lives from Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. Number five, I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. 
No Doubt gave us Don't Speak at number four. No at number doubt. three, Gangster's Paradise, Coolio featuring LV at number three. <laughs> Hold on. At number two, Song 2, Blur. And my number one song. What is number one, Paul? I wonder if you got the same one. Because mine's out of left field a little bit for me. Huh, this could, this could so be interesting. This is my embarrassing acknowledgement. This song, hmm. to me, it may not have been. Like, I understand there was Boys to Men and all these other sort of boy bands and whatever else beforehand. Oh, my God. But I think this band and this song changed the course of music, much like Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit mm-hmm. and Nevermind did in a different way for grunge. I think this song basically told the whole world you can have boy and girl manufactured bands and they will kick all the ass. It is the number one song for girl empowerment. It is the number one song in terms of, hey, who gives a shit about men or romantic relationships? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just go with... I'm a little scared. Girl power. It oh, my God. Wannabe. Oh, Spice my Skills. God. <laughs> Spice Girls is your number one? It is the best pop All song. right. I'm into it, Paulie. It's not on my list, but holy shit, bro. That's... Uh, I can't... I don't even know who you are. Yeah, well, again, I'm not <laughs> saying I, I play the song every third day or every second day, <laughs> but in terms of acknowledging the pop song that changed the landscape, this has got to be it, right? I don't know. Well, look, that group, that Spice Girls, definitely changed things, right? Not that they weren't girl bands before, but, but this they weren't play- as popular. Or no, as these big they as took this. the. Fu- they were the Spice Girls. They were the fucking. They did everything, man. They did. Wanna Wanna be top the UK singles chart for seven weeks. Mm. Seven weeks. It was released in the United States in January '97. Top the Billboard Hot 100 for four weeks. It's the group's now only number one single in that country, in the US. Really? By the end of '96, it had topped. The charts in 22 nations. Absolutely. And by March 97, they had climbed to 37 nations. Mm. There's not a single song on this list, my list, nor yours, that can claim any of those things. Agree. This thing broke the mold. It unfortunately created everything from All Saints to fucking any of those Korean pop pop bands you can think of. It's all because of Wannabe by the Spice Girls because it just tapped this brilliant zeitgeist. And to have these five women who all were very different kind of categories of people and you could identify with different ones. Maybe not me so much. Hang on, but let's women just talk go on there. Now, did you have a favorite space girl, Paul? Oh, I think if, if you're a guy, you probably like posh. Posh, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then if you if you're not Paul Ginger uh, Ginger Space. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, interesting point. Back in the day, was baby and scary, but Well, Paul's girlfriend kind of looked like baby back in the day. Uh, I thought so. Uh, eh, you know. <laughs> Some shaped face, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah. uh, but no, I am hugely. I want to say impressed, Paul. I want to oh, say impressed. Well, you so. went ahead against I tried, the whole. I tried to bring. I tried to bring my A grade A game to this. this I think you did. Stupid countdown. I think you did. Uh, <laughs> I'm really surprised. We're trying um, to set up this new era of the countdown. You don't want to half-ass it. And I was literally writing notes and you said why the hell making not? my decision. Like I was 15 minutes late to recording today because I I couldn't decide. I was shuffling my list around. This went everywhere. And ultimately, I went. You know what? This is the best of the pop from the 90s. Wow, I am super surprised. Um, by the way, the music video for this, I remember, is one shot. Oh, that doesn't hurt it. That I, was one I, shot. Always, before I even acknowledge I like the song, I've always appreciated how good this video is. What a bunch of genius just have this at least presented as one shot. It would have been so yeah. hard to film, yeah. bro. So Absolutely yeah. incredible. All right, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit of it to, uh, to strike it home. Let's go. This is for the 25th anniversary edition of the Spice Girls album, Wannabe. <laughs> Wanna be my lover? You gotta get with my friends. Make it last forever. 
Everyone, I want you to acknowledge for a second that that is Paul's number one <laughs> of the 90s in his list on this podcast. We're in the Matrix, ladies and gentlemen, and there's a goddamn glitch. You know what I'm saying? Just so you know, it's not always predictable on this show, especially in the new iteration. All right, Wayne, give right. your recap of your 10 through 2, and then your number one. Righto. My number 10 was Lump, Presidents of the Nine. Presidents. Uh, number 9 was <laughs> King of Wishful Thinking, Go West. 8, Mbop by Handsome. 7, The Sign by Ace of Base. Six, One Headlight by The Wallflowers. Five, Stay, I Missed You by Lisa Loeb. Uh, four was Malibu by Hole. Three, Not a pop song. Yeah, total pop song. Three, Free Falling by Tom Petty. Two, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Not a pop Even song. Even more a top song. Uh, and my number one, ladies and gentlemen, was I was taught by someone who was showing me the ways of playing the guitar once again. If you want to convince people that you know how to play the guitar, two rules. One, have a pick in your wallet so it sounds and feels like you can play anytime <laughs> you can, which is not true. And two, learn this song, Wonderwall. Yeah, okay. Wonderwall. <laughs> absolutely a good choice. Now, here's the thing about Wonderwall. I have an, a love-hate relationship with Oasis in that I think they're cockheads, but I they love are. a lot of their music. They are absolutely ripping off the Beatles left, right, and center, and I was here for it. Now, this is probably, yeah, again, immortalized by every college dude with an acoustic guitar, but... I was surprised that this actually made it into the top 10, top one, in fact, of the Triple J Hot 100, which is a thing that happens yeah, in Australia. Yep. And I was like, what? This song? And I was like, oh, is, is pop and alternative finally crossing over? Not really what sure. Year? 95. Yeah, I do remember sitting with a friend of the show, great mate to me, Steve. Yeah. And we were sitting at my house playing Worms, if you're at all familiar with that I game. I remember Worms. When this it song, one, two, eight? one no. number number came number one that year. So, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was huge. And then I actually started thinking about it more and more. And I was like, this really is a good-ass song. And I don't... And again, the Britpop era was a big part of the 90s, as evidenced by Blur. But I don't know. I The piano at the end actually sort of also got to me in this song as well. So it had everything in it. And that's why I wondered. I was like, yeah, this is probably the best thing that happened in the 90s. Fair enough. So there you are, Wonderwall. Let's hear it. Let's go. Because maybe They are a band which rips off the Beatles. Way worse things in the world to be. Absolutely. No, if you're going to rip off, borrow from the best. Interestingly, uh, me and some friends used to sing this <laughs> instead of that song. We used to sing, <laughs> And all the bitches that I know are whining. <laughs> it was the 90s. Of it was the 90s, ladies and gentlemen. 20 okay. to 25 there was a lot of whining era. bitches. <laughs> Does not reflect the countdown. Oh, Paul Petula. All right, Wayne, just list them off then. Any of your honorable mentions, we sure. will obviously will not play these ones. And I will just kick off these. Uh, What's My Age Again by Blink-182. I was 23 when this came out. Okay. You yeah. know, uh, Ordinary World, Duran Duran. All I Have to Give, Backstreet Boys. Uh, I'm shocked there wasn't a Backstreet I know, Boys. it almost happened. Yeah. Two Princes, Spin Doctors. Yeah. Hey Jealousy, Gin Blossoms, Sway, Big Runga, and Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Okay. <laughs> I had Closing Time by Semisonic. Semisonic, yeah. okay. Weir by Killing Heidi, but of an Aussie Oh, reference. that's Aussie shit right there. And another Aussie band, not the song that everyone picks from Savage Garden, but I Want You. Savage Rectum. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? I like that first song on there. It's not yeah, rather no, than Truly song. Madly Deadly, which is also a good song, but I like I I'm Want surprised You. I'm no, surprised no Fatboy Slim for you, but there you are. Nah, yeah. I like Fatboy Slim. I don't love Fatboy yeah, Slim. Yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. so I, I'd always, I probably wouldn't fast forward through it, but I wouldn't be like championing. 
By the way, um, when I got this, li- I just kept on making the list because I was thinking I want to add all of these to my motherfucking like you know there's like mm-hmm. brimful of Astro. Remember that song? Yeah, that's a fucking great song. So, on yeah. forty five. Yeah, that's good shit. So there you are, people. That's Everyone- Alice. <laughs> what about yours? We wrap up every episode of the countdown with your feedback on the topic we've covered today in a segment that we call the Pop Ten. Talk about Pop Ten. Talk about. Kicking off this week's Pop 10 with Jonathan Kidd. Number three, best 90s pop song, mm-hmm. Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> number two, No Scrubs by TLC. What up? And number one, If I Had, I Guess, A Million Dollars by Bare Naked Ladies. Really? Yeah, but not a real green dress, he wrote. Does <laughs> he? Craig Plan said, this is too hard. Kind of like choosing which of my kids is my favorite. <laughs> For historical relevance and sing-along ability, I'll go with More Than Words Extreme. Woo. I Want It That Way, Backstreet Boys. What up, dog? And Torn by Natalie Brooklyn. Yeah, baby. Nicole Presley said, I'm about to turn 35, so yeah, this was definitely my era. Everybody by Backstreet Boys. Yes! Waterfalls by TLC. Word. And Baby Got Back by Sir mix Look at that. Shout out to the best Gangster's Paradise, but I didn't feel it was a pop song, so there you go. <laughs> See, it's all lifting right here. Joey DeCarlo from the Soviet Podcast said, Pray, MC Hammer, not You Can't Touch This. Wow. Pray was a good song. I number say. two, Wanna Be My Spice Girls. Yeah. There it is. And number one, Baby, One More Time by Britney Spears. Nice. Cannot knock that. That's an absolute pearler of a really? pop song. You know what I'm thinking, everyone? Go ahead and vote for Paul this week. If he puts no. Wanna Be on number one, you no. got, he, he deserves to win. <laughs> uh, maybe you don't deserve to be putting Nirvana in there, but still. Hey, I say we vote. <laughs> Stephen Croon said Barbie Girl by Aqua. Holy shit. I, uh, you know what? I like Turn Back Time by Aqua was better, but Barbie Girl, I think Barbie Girl will be in the new Barbie film coming next year? I don't think they've got the rights, but I'll tell you this. Aqua, that group, the the female lead, Eleni, outstanding. Oh, yeah. outstanding. Very attractive woman. Bittersweet Symphony at number two from The Verve. Where mm, obviously they I was were, wondering if they were apparently, Is it, his name Richard Ashcroft? I can't remember his name, the lead singer of that band. He's only started making money this year off that song. How? Because all the royalties came from the went to the Rolling Stones because they sampled whatever song it was. All of them? Yeah, without permission. So <gasps> up until this point, 2022, I read oh, something. He's going to get a good 20 bucks from that song. Now. Yep. Don't Speak. Uh, it's number one for Stephen Croon from No Doubt. Wow. Great choice there. So, uh, David Powell, our Facebook listener, moderator, and top-level patron of the show, said, The Sign, Ace of Base. Yeah, three. baby! I had no idea. Okay, so this is a vague category. These aren't my fave songs of the decade, but the best I can think of are definitely pop rather than rock alternative. So David came from a very similar place. Sure, sure. Hold On, Wilson Phillips. Oh, dude, that's on one of the ranches. I just couldn't one, get to it. Sunny Came Home from Sean Colvin. Okay, now this film is I don't even know that one. Uh, remember there's a shitty sitcom back in the day with Brooke Shields called fucking Suddenly Susan? Desperately Seeking Susan? No, it's just called Suddenly Susan. Right. Yeah. that The lead singer who did that theme song did this song. It's actually a pretty good song, but it's weird. Hmm. Okay. Smile Smarty. He said, I can't go past the Britpop Invasion that dominated the 90s. Don't Look Back in Anger. Boom. Oasis. Park Life Blur. Park Life. And Creep Right Ahead. <laughs> Creep right ahead. <laughs> not fucking pop. Again, it made it on the charts. I, I'm on there with so you. You're with so, so totally fine. pop. No. Totally pop. So, was our, our one of our top little patients. He gave his whole ten, but we read his top three. Number three, every time I look at you from Kiss. Wow. Number two, Jungle from Kiss, and number one, the aforementioned What's Up from Four Non Blondes. What? Wow, that's an odd list. That's one. Damn. Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears podcast, Ashes. which you were recently on, Wayne. I was talking. indeed. Go, we were talking about Sex in the City. Go hit up a Rabbit Ears podcast. Listen to that episode. We talked Rabbit shit. Ears TV podcast. Rabbit Ears TV podcast. Number three, Tearing Up My Heart, Insync. Oh, yeah. What's up? And number two, I Want It That Way, Backstreet Boys. Number what's one. What's up even more? Word. 
Wannabe from the Spice Girls. Oh, from an American. That's huge. Sam Hurley for the 20 <laughs> movie review, sorry, in 20Q's podcast, who just came back with a recent episode. Uh, now, Sam is a New Zealander, so there's a little yeah. bit of play here with the Aussies. We all know the same spice of, slice of heaven shit. As I identify as a jilted white woman with dark hair, this really was easy. Number three, what's up? Four non blondes. Number two, <laughs> Linga Cranberries. Number one, you ought to know, Alanis Morissette. Holy shit, this guy's. Man, you're a fucking hairy legged feminist, bro. What's Ooh. up? <laughs> Last two here to wrap it up today. Mike Margosian, another very high level patient to the show, said number three, how bizarre. OMC. Oh, wow. Number two, the sign, Ace of Base. You might want it just without choice, man. man. I can't believe it. Number one, getting jiggy with it, Mr. Slap himself, Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, Antoine, another high level patient of the show. Thank you for your support, gentle men. Last of those, you two there. Okay, not sure to answer this. So going with which is the most 90s and which is the most poppy. But steering clear of the BSB, Spice Girls, NSYNC, etc. Number three, Margaret Ehrlich, Escaping. Oh, fuck, I love that song. Number two, Bachelor Girl, Buses and Trains. Ooh, these are Aussie songs. Aussie New Zealand songs. Really regretting now closing this one. Number one, Hanson Mbop. What up, dog? Not only does this scream 90s pop, but decades later, and these kids are actually decent musos, still releasing good pop music. Nice one, brother. Thanks to everyone who got back to us. Sorry I couldn't get through all the feedback. We do greatly appreciate your contributions and participation in the show. Wayne, how do the good folk get back to us with their feedback on the topic at hand or indeed everything? Countdown. Google the Countdown Podcast. Get our socials. Go to our uh Website, thecountdownpodcast.com, or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at the Countdown PC whilst it lasts. And follow us on Podbean, <laughs> where we host, and Good Pods, another podcast app you can listen to us on. And that is it for today. Episode 402 is in the bank. It's the first ever music exclusive episode That's of right. the show. Hope you liked it, Hope everyone. Hope you liked it. Let us know. Let us know, though. We're keen on this kind of feedback and what you think of the new format. And uh, yeah, that's it from us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this is the Soundboard. You can't handle the truth. Nirvana is not pop. I don't even know what you're talking about, Willis. We'll catch you next time. See ya. I know who I want to take me home.